This is Aftermath, where we bring you the week that was in MMA. It's your man, The Voice, host of the MTMV Sports main card and MTMV Sports fights correspondent, joined by Ambush Sports' own CEO, Mastermind, and the man with the plan when it comes to the main from the chin, it is... Josh Moose, what's going on, Josh? What's up, man? I look forward every single week to your introductions, <laughs> probably more than anything else on this podcast. <laughs> wow. Oh man, it, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Cool, cool. I'm glad, glad to hear, and glad to hear that you're looking forward to my intros. They truly are off the top of the head, so that makes me feel good. <laughs> makes me feel good. Uh, what's what's new in your world? Oh man, just. Uh, the last couple weeks have been so busy at work, but uh, with that comes, you know, overtime and stuff. And I got to get time right. off the books before the end of the year. So uh, I will have this following week off, which is nice, nice coming into a holiday. Yes. Um, yeah, man. So, you know, I, I was pretty tired coming into today, but I finally got to sleep in. I even took a nap today, which I haven't done in I don't even know how long. Wow! <laughs> I lay down with the baby and took a nap, and uh, man, I'm feeling I'm feeling like a million bucks. That's what's up, man. Yeah, uh, something about parenthood uh, brings napping back. I'm a firm believer <laughs> in naps. I believe that Saturday <laughs> afternoons are made for napping. So I look forward to getting mine in tomorrow, uh, and I really catch up on rest on. Saturdays, which you know, but I'm giving a little insight to all the fight fans. I run things pretty, pretty lean throughout the week, uh, getting hopefully six hours of sleep a day. And then I really, really catch up on the weekends. I, I know I laid down before midnight, which is really odd for me. I laid down before midnight and I didn't get up till three. And the only reason I got up at three was because I knew I had stuff to do. I.e. getting prepared for aftermath as well as getting prepared <laughs> for um, for tomorrow. Tomorrow is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day that's going to be starting very early for me. Um, I have the pleasure of uh, taking my boy down in water in the name of Jesus on tomorrow morning. So I'm looking forward to baptizing him. Uh, on tomorrow and then of course got church after that um, where I'm worshiping now we don't have our own baptismal uh, pool so I have to go borrow someone else's and then be headed off to church get that done and uh, then do something else I don't know it's my birthday so find something man that's a heck of a birthday present yeah Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome man and happy birthday thank you thank you very much (laughs) So, yeah, like I said, I got a lot to do uh, tomorrow. Very, very full day. Uh, but I am looking forward to uh, my uh, my afternoon nap. That, that's got to happen. My birthday nap. So, anyway, <laughs> speaking of uh, historic days and, and things, we've got two fight cards that we're covering that both had historic implications. 
uh, UFC Fight Night 139, also known as UFC Denver, uh, definitely was historic. Historic in that it was noting, or I should say commemorating, the UFC's very first show. Something that I saw in everything, though, that I, I found uh, very noteworthy is that in 1993, they had their first show. This is UFC Fight Night 139. Coincidence? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Just just 93-1 backwards uh, was that day, but oh my goodness, just like the first fight, or I should say the first card, this one was historic and will go down in the annals of history. Um, Yair Rodriguez and Chan Sung Jung, the Korean Zombie, uh, as well as Donald Cerrone, all earned fifty thousand dollar bonuses for their performances. Uh, with Yair actually getting two: one for performance of the night and one for fight of the night, which he had with Chan Sung Jung in the main <laughs> event. Oh my goodness, it was phenomenal! But I'm not talking about that. We're gonna end with that, and my man. Uh, the bearded wonder is going to cover that. Let's start off, though, in order, because that's how we do it here on Aftermath, with uh, the Devontae Smith, Julian, Juicy J, and Rosa fight. This is a fight that I shared on uh, the main card. So make sure that you are checking out the main card, fight fans. But shared on the main card that this was a shout-out fight, one that you may want to keep your eyes on, Devontae Smith was debuting in the UFC versus Juicy J. And from the jump, Smith looked like the more experienced fighter in the matchup, even though I believe Arosa has a more robust history of fighting. He just didn't look like the the fighter that had been in the big show before the, and knew what he was doing. Uh, it's been, you know, it was kind of rough for him. Um, from the first exchange, though, Smith was quicker and more powerful and it didn't last long. All right. As I was saying before, <laughs> uh, I was so rudely interrupted. Um, uh, Smith was just more quick. He was more powerful. And there's something that boss Rutten always cautions against. And that's naked or single kicks, just throwing the kick out there and not setting it up. And that's what led to Juicy J's demise. He threw an outside leg kick, was countered with a crisp one-two that dropped him. And then Smith followed up with some nice ground and pound one shot specifically, which is what made the ref jump in. It, it like nearly took his head off. I mean, head went from one shoulder to the other shoulder and went limp and then came back. It was like, oh, no, that, that's enough. That's enough. So, yeah, that was a very nice debut for Devontae Smith. Now, somebody else who debuted, who is a Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series alum, was Macy Barber versus also another debutante, Hannah Cyphers. Uh, or Cyphers, not quite sure. Hannah, don't, uh, don't, don't add us on this. <laughs> outside of coming to us and making sure that we know how to say your name right. Uh, talk to us a bit about that fight. Yeah, man, uh, I've actually uh, been a fan of Macy Barber for a while. Um, was able to watch, and I think we even talked about her fight back when she was on Dana White Contender Series. 
uh, and just talked about how she was able to get her finish there. But this was her chance to show if you know anything about her at all. She is on a absolute mission. There was a pretty good write-up. I don't remember who did the write-up, but I'm sorry about it. But it was talking about how she has a uh, – a countdown on her phone mm-hmm. to to when she hits the age where she can no longer be the youngest UFC champion. Um, you know, she's, you know, called out, uh, you know, called out in jest, uh, John Jones as be, being the youngest champion. And she said she's coming for that title. And uh, she definitely did not hesitate to show why she believes that. I mean, she's one of these new, younger um <sighs> kind of being trained in everything one of the this new generation of actual mma fighters where she's right. not she's not grown hasn't grown up with a karate background or a jujitsu background or a you know whatever you might have muay thai there's no background i mean this is an mma background that she has and she's been putting it on display uh, phenomenally in that same article that i read um, she's gone to every gym, like just any gym that can make her better. Um, it has a specialty in something. Her dad takes her there. And it's really a, an interesting article. And I hope I can find it. If so, I'll tweet it out again. Um, but as far as the fight goes, I mean, she, Barbara, that is, just looked fast and big and strong. And uh, uh, Kiffers, Siffers, Cyphers um, just was not able to really – get anything going i know she was going for leg kicks to try to chop her down a little bit but it was every time there was a leg kick barbara would never and you hear it said all the time in fights um leg kicks were never thrown for free every single time a leg kick was thrown barbara was throwing something back or was closing distance in between there she was always doing something and made those leg kicks actually cost something as opposed to just getting chopped down for the entirety of a fight which you see so many fighters do um but Barbara was really just staying active, was being absolutely aggressive. Again, just size advantage, was able to hold her up against the fence. A few times she got turned, but was able to power right back out of it, was able to utilize um, some of those back trips that she has, and just really was putting on the MMA display, a full MMA display in round one, a phenomenal round one, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean – just the pace was incredible. This everything, every kind of strike you could think of was being thrown and it was really good uh, first round. But then the second round comes out. Um, it starts the same way as before you had uh, Hannah was coming out trying to chop some legs, but Barbara again was coming in, uh, started throwing some higher kicks. Uh, I think in, it might've been around one where she threw a pretty gnarly ax kick. Um, I think it was round one could have been in the beginning of round two, but uh, definitely a couple of head kicks. Again, the speed from Barbara was just incredible. Um, catches uh, Hannah, uh, Barbara catches Hannah with a, a nasty elbow, busts her up really bad, um, just blood everywhere, uh, which leads to uh, Barbara getting a takedown and just landing some more just brutal elbows. Um, and again, if you watched her in Dana White, uh, the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series, you saw the that same level of ground and pound in her fight there. Yeah. She utilized it here. Um, just really, really, I mean, she puts her entire body behind these elbows when she throws them. They're not just, sh- you know, from the shoulder elbow strikes. I mean, she she will posture up and drop. She will posture up and drop. And even if you're blocking with your forearms, I mean, your own forearms are smacking into you. Um, just, bl- again, the blood was everywhere. really wasn't doing a whole lot. 
uh, it's, that is uh, uh, Hannah, and I'm just going to call her Hannah, so I don't yeah, book that's her the best name anymore. Name. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to mess up her name. Uh, you know, just nothing was coming there. Uh, when she, she finally rolled over, uh, gave up her back, or, uh, gave, I'm sorry, um, rolled onto her back as she was taking kind of some from the from a side uh, angle there. And just, again, covered blood. Barbara threw down just more strikes. There was no more intelligent defense. It was just cover up and, and hope it stops at some point. Uh, referee, I believe it was Kevin McDonald, steps in, didn't want any more. And uh, so very impressive win, um, especially from the, I, for lack of better terms, the aesthetics of the fight. Mm. It looked it just looked like complete pure domination when you saw it because of the blood, because I mean, that's the kind of fight that's going to help catapult you. That's what people are going to be tweeting about. That's where the gifts are going to be made and memes are going to be made. And those are the videos that are going to circulate on Twitter and social medias that are going to eventually land you those title shots and give you that chance to be the youngest UFC champion in history. So she's doing what she needs to do. And she is super impressive while she's doing it. Absolutely. And I like, the call out though i don't think they will uh do that fight kind of like when uh when boa was calling out uh izzy after his last fight it's like yeah i don't think they're gonna they're gonna put that one together but you know mm-hmm. ni- nice to uh <laughs> nice to kind of say that and, and put that out there but yeah uh dana white two's and i contender series alum did well in their debuts on this card as Smith was also an alum making his debut. Mm-hmm. Now, um, someone who's not a Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series alum, but someone who has ties uh, to, well, no, actually he doesn't. I thought he did because of the Factory X, um, the Factory X cross training. Uh, uh, but I forget. No, it's Factory XL actually that Perry is a part of in Orlando. So wrong, uh, wrong Factory X is a little more on Perry's. But yeah, the fight that really was the people's main event and therefore the voices marquee matchup for that card was Cowboy Cerrone and Platinum Mike Perry. All the drama leading up into it, and since then Perry has said that the drama really kind of drained him and took him out of his uh out of his game. It put him out of his game. He felt like he was fighting for the gym versus fighting for himself. Um and I, I don't know what he was doing. He was doing well in the beginning. I mean it, it only went what one round uh minus fifteen seconds, but in the beginning Perry's strength kept the fight on his feet and it really made cowboy look out of sorts because of that couldn't get him down was trying and trying he just looked like like he was getting frustrated so why perry decided to take him down i have no idea when he did it was like oh well that's interesting i mean it's it's interesting in that you can't take me down but i can take you down okay i i get that but Stand up and, and fight. He kept going down to the ground with him, kept going down. It's like, Cowboy has a nasty triangle. Why are you playing around down there? And sure enough, um, you know, he, he got caught. Cowboy was able to use his phenomenal ground game to get the fight just where he wanted it and took Perry's harm 
arm home as a souvenir along with some records. He is now the most winning person in UFC history at this card that was commemorating uh, the birth of the UFC. He also became the person with the most stoppages in UFC history at 15, putting him ahead of the great Anderson Silva and Vitor Belfort. I'm not going to say he's great, but Anderson is great. So, But anyway, he also <laughs> went past in uh, winning that fight and getting the record for being the most winning fighter in the UFC past two uh, Hall of Famers, two greats in George Rush St. Pierre and Michael the Count Bisping. So absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, yeah, just can't say more about it outside of uh, Perry was really, really silly and going to the ground. <laughs> but that's not the only historic fight that took place on that card. The main event is probably going to be fight of the year. It definitely will be comeback of the year. Uh, but and it uh, it has someone in it whose name rhymes with year in Yair. <laughs> yes uh I, I i am the king of corn i am the king of corn so i couldn't help myself i was saying it was like yeah yeah year year yeah year all right but anyway yeah year rodriguez el pantera and the korean zombie talk to us about this fight man this fight regardless of finish regardless of how it ended this was a phenomenal fight. Um, one of the best, I mean, you nailed it with fight of the year again, and this is excluding what we're going to talk about the last one second of this fight. This was an amazing fight. You had Korean zombie coming back um, who just always puts on a fight. You had Yair Rodriguez who um, kind of with the, the, the weirdness of the situation when he was supposed to fight Sabit and, and then he gets cut from the UFC and then gets brought back to the UFC and everyone's talking about how he's afraid to fight this guy and afraid to fight that guy and blah, blah, blah. And here he is fighting Korean zombie and they put on just a war. I mean, if you've ever watched Rodriguez fight, you know, he loves to do the weird trips, the crazy mm -hmm. kicks, the same as we talk about Zabit, uh, Magomed Sherpa. As the same as we talk about, I mean, he loves to do all those same things. He's really, really accurate with them so for how crazy they are. Um, and then, of course, Korean Zombie just, he's fast. He's fun. He, I mean, he can close distance in a hurry. He loves throwing his own crazy kicks. And you put these two guys and you lock them in a cage for, for 25 minutes and, well, 24, 59. Right. And you had – exactly what you expected i mean you just it, it took a little bit before we had the first crazy kick and then it kind of took a little bit again but i mean there was just non-stop action i think the longest like break that there was in any of the action i believe there was a low blow somewhere in the second or third round and that was like the only pause for 20 for 25 minutes right um and then we're just gonna fast forward because i could go through all this but it would none of it would make any sense i mean you just you have to find this fight and you have to watch this fight plain and simple to actually understand because shakespeare could not eloquently explain what you watched here 
well enough. So right. watch the fight, but I will give you the last 10 seconds of this fight um, because that I can uh, explain to a degree, but you can also find it all over Twitter, all over Facebook, all over Instagram. It's like the only video that people are sharing and retweeting that UFC is not taking down because it is the greatest publicity they can get right now. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just phenomenal. So you've got this fight. Just a nonstop war, back and forth, both guys bloodied, both guys beaten up. Like at 15 seconds, they kind of come up, they tap gloves, they lift their hands up, they kind of very, you know, Clint Eastwood style, you know, draw the line in the sand, this is where we're going to go out. And Rodriguez comes in and just starts throwing with Mm -hmm. just complete reckless abandon. I mean, head snapping side to side, I mean, just windmill punching, Korean Zombie decides, I'm in on this, does the same, actually gets Rod- catches Rodriguez once, which starts to back him up. Mm-hmm. And as he backs up, and I don't even – man, Rodriguez drops. He Not drops as in falls, but he ducks underneath an overhand right. And as he ducks an overhand right, he throws up an elbow from, you know, bent over, like bent mm-hmm. in half throws his elbow up and catches Korean zombie. I mean, just as solid as I've ever seen an elbow land in my life and down to the canvas fight is over. That is at four fifty nine, four fifty nine. One second before this fight is completely over. Rodriguez lands this shot. It was, I believe I mean, at first it was just chaotic. I think Paul Felder goes, Oh my goodness, this fight's going to end on a clash of heads. What's mm-hmm. going to happen? And then they go back and watch it. Oh, my goodness, that was an elbow. There's people saying, oh, man, look how lucky this shot was. He just ducked and threw it. But if you catch another angle, you actually watch Rodriguez look that elbow in. I mean, this is not just a knockout of the year. This is like one of the greatest finishes in UFC in MMA history. I mean, especially when they released the photo of the scorecards mm-hmm. and the scorecards up until this point. Now, mind you, this is at 459 of round five, 459, one second left. And the scorecards read up until this point, 3937, 3937, 3838 in favor of Korean zombie. Mm-hmm. So this was a fight that if he would have lasted one more second, he wins this fight. Um, instead, Rodriguez lands just this, in only a fashion that he would be able to do, <laughs> and in a fight that was as phenomenal and as crazy as this fight was, it was the only acceptable way for this fight to end. <laughs> it was the only acceptable way that somebody landed one of the most ridiculous shots I've ever seen in my entire life. And, and, and to do it with one second left on the fight clock while you were losing. I mean, it was, it was a phenomenal fight. If you... If it, I see it all over Twitter, what, I'm just getting into MMA. What is one fight I should watch? Or my friends getting into MMA, what fight should I watch to be hooked? This is the fight that I will forever respond with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And something that came to my mind as you were saying that, especially, hey, what should I watch? Forever, it had been watch Bonner, uh, and Forrest Griffin because they just went all out at it but this is much better because it was a complete fight you had Mm -hmm. two very very skilled people 
who were uh, doing these things. It wasn't just, oh, let me throw the craziest stuff I can. I mean, everything was done with purpose, i.e. Mm-hmm. the uh, the back elbow from the <laughs> bent over position that was thrown. Everything was done with skill, regardless of how off the wall it may have been. It was all skillful and for for years we'll be talking about just like we did with the Bonner Griffin fight. Where were you when he when Yair snatched from the jaws of defeat the victory in the most spectacular fashion that he could? Oh my goodness, it, it was it was phenomenal. All right, well that puts a cap on UFC Denver. Let's talk some. Beloved Bellator, I got. Oh no, I don't. I thought I had my uh, my Dynamite Two shirt on. That was yesterday. I got a uh, <laughs> got got my Nate Diaz shirt on. Salute to the Diaz brothers. But anyway, we're not here to talk about them right now. We're talking about Bellator Two Hundred Nine that took place in Tel Aviv, Israel, at the Menorah Coliseum Center. I'm not sure what to call it, arena. Uh, whatever it took place there and. <laughs> The voices marquee matchup for that card was Vadim Nemkov and uh, Paul. Wow, I'm just, Davis. Um, Phil Davis. Good night. I knew I had the name wrong. I was like, this name is escaping me for some reason, and I'm not sure what's wrong. Is it not Davis? Is it what? What is it? Phil Davis, Mister Wonderful. Uh, things are not so wonderful for him this night, though. Vadim. Uh, is now in pretty good company because he joins former champ Rashad Evans, two-time title challenger Anthony Johnson, Anthony Rumble Johnson, and current Bellator champ Ryan Bader as the only people to beat Phil Davis. It was a split decision, and I kind of understood it because the first round, it was kind of close. It, it was hard to decide who did what better, and that was really the key. To me, looking at it, and even before they called the score, I felt like Nimkov won. And that was more so due to the forward pressure that he showed in round one. And then he had a nice uh, trip to a takedown and an anaconda attempt that took place for a while. Davis had a really nice overhand right, but and it made him stumble a little bit, but it wasn't enough to, to, to really do anything, or I shouldn't say, enough to do anything because it made him stumble but it didn't make as great an impact as the combined pressure and that anaconda attempt did for the protege of Fedor Emelianenko and Vadim Nemkov round two it was close as well but it went to Nemkov um Davis just couldn't find his range with his strikes and he kept going at it kept going at it kept throwing them and while he was doing that he was getting picked apart with leg kicks and boxing by Vadim. Uh, what doesn't help is that Vadim punctuated the round with a belly-to-back suplex in like the last 10 seconds. Round three, Phil controlled the fight with his movement, finally started using his wrestling. Had he done that sooner, like in round two or round one, he would have won the fight easy. He had a couple good Kimura attempts and some uh, straight-arm bars, but yeah, he forgot the one that brought him to the dance, and he remembered about her too late, and that's why he lost 
that fight. So, uh, and that fight has a lot of implications in Bellator for the light heavyweight division because Bader's got the belt, but there are really no clear contenders as to who's going to challenge for that belt if he is to come back down to light heavyweight to try to defend it or if he vacates. That was not the main event, though. That was not the historic moment because, yes, Bellator made some history recently, too. All of that took place in what was the main event, which was uh, Pitbull versus Emmanuel El Matador Sanchez. Talk to the people about that fight, Josh. Tell the fight fans all about the, the goodness that was that fight. Absolutely. This was, um, as was just just previously mentioned, uh, was also a historic night for uh, for Bellator and for, in, uh, in particular, I almost said in Patricio, in particular, <laughs> Patricio Pitbull. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and and uh, as he uh, was able to defend his title uh, once again uh, against this time uh, Emmanuel Sanchez. Now this fight was uh, honestly much much like I talked about the main event for UFC mm-hmm. uh, was it just another nonstop uh, just nonstop action. I mean you had two guys that just like to throw um, Pitbull not as creatively it it seems um but it doesn't matter he doesn't need to um he just he throws some really heavy shots and he is just stupidly precise uh when he throws i mean just for a in, uh, for an example um there was a time where he threw like a a series of like three uppercuts and landed all three and not up against the cage i mean so he's he's ridiculously precise um sanchez however likes to get more creative with his strikes mm-hmm. and he likes to use some spins and his different, you know, different kicks. Um, and really what you had was just the pressure of Pitbull, in my opinion, is what really was able to set the tone. And honestly, the power of Pitbull. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause anytime Sanchez would start to get something going, he would start to mount an offense. He would land a kick. He would get something inside. He would, he would start to cut off the cage, and, and, and Pitbull would land just a heavy right or a heavy left, um, and, and, and it would back up Sanchez, and Sanchez would have to reset, and it seemed like every time he caught one, it made him think just a little bit because Sanchez never stopped coming forward, but it, it would make him think again, and so he would try to get a little craftier, and by getting a little craftier and setting up these shots, um, you know, uh, Pitbull was able just to, to land these these – precise shots that he's been just is, is known for in, in Bellator. Mm-hmm. Um, my only, my, my only thing that I, I, I have to I have to throw it out there, not to take anything away from the man, not to, to, to anything away from this, but, but I watched it about a hundred times at the end of round two of, 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 uh, of this fight. There was a uh, uh, a stoppage. Uh, the the ref stopped the fight for mm. a cup shot, mm-hmm. and that was not a cup shot. And I have seen this happen a few times, and I know that there's some people that really are against uh, 
the the Pitbull brothers, but in in particular, I'm gonna say it again, in particular, Patricio. That has been the, one of the kind of black eyes that he's had. You know, no pun intended here. But one of the black eyes that he's had is that he seems to complain a lot. I know that I believe a few fights. I don't even remember who against where he was complaining about cup shots. And I believe John McCarthy was, was refereeing and they weren't, and he kept trying to stop the fight. I think Jimmy Smith even said something about it. Like what a couple eye pokes um, that just didn't really manifest, never really had happened. Uh, I would like to see him get away from that. Cause that was very clearly not, I mean, it was an inside leg kick that was every bit of three inches away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it caught him just above the knee. Um, I mean, I rewound that and watched it a hundred times. And by doing so, I thought he kind of stole the second round um, by coming out in the last minute, 40 something seconds and just completely taking over the end of that round. But that's not really what we're here for. Uh, Really what he did is, is he won with his precision striking and the power that he has. Um, He didn't, he didn't have to press forward. He allowed that fight to come to him. Um, and he really did well. And then he did something that Korean Zombie <laughs> did not do in his fight in the last 10 mm-hmm. seconds. Uh, Pitbull just avoided Sanchez like the plague. I mean, he basically ran away, Conor McGregor style, and uh, to stay away to the absolute dismay and frustration of Sanchez, who actually has like this lunging, almost looked like a Superman punch. You know, it, it wasn't set up as such, but it was the, the jump to try to make contact in the last 10 seconds. Um, but in, in my opinion, in the opinion of the, the, the judges and the scorecard, this fight uh, rightfully uh, went to, to, um, to Pitbull. And I believe there was 148.46, if I'm not mistaken. There was. Okay, um, and I haven't seen the actual scorecard, so I'm not entirely sure which round was landed as a, as an eight um, for Sanchez. But I would, I guess, I could assume maybe the fifth round because there was um, that was the first, I believe, it was the fifth round that it looked like really Sanchez got hurt. Um, uh, Pitbull just landed a really clean shot, and it rocked Sanchez, and it took everything he could to survive. Uh, the the rest of that, at least for a couple minutes of that round. But, um, again, uh, Pitbull was able to defend the title. He is now – I mean, he's a two-time champion in Bellator. (coughs) Excuse me. The two-time champion in Bellator. I believe he just set the record for most most wins in Bellator. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to pull it up because, of course, now that I went to do I close the wrong tab just like 20 seconds ago. Yeah, I believe it's the most wins with 16. Yes, with 16. There it is. Yep, I just pulled it up. So, again, another historic night uh, for Bellator uh, this time. Uh, Again, just a really good fight in general. I am excited to see who they're going to try to match up with Pitbull next. Um, I mean, this was supposed to be the guy. You know, the guy that if if anybody was going to do it, it's going to be Sanchez. Um and not to say Sanchez did not do phenomenal, not to say that Sanchez did not look like he absolutely deserved to be there, but it just showed that Patricio Pitbull, I mean, he's, he's the champion for a reason, and he showed that championship prowess. He showed exactly how to remain the champion, um, and not in such a way that he avoided the fight. 
but I mean, he put on a very technical fight um, that was just phenomenally done. Yeah, agreed. He he definitely did. Um, I know that Bellator has a couple young guns that are on the come up in Pico and AJ McKee. Are they ready for the power that Pitbull possesses? I don't know, uh, but I could see one of them getting that shot sooner than later just because of the fact that uh, he's run through pretty much everyone else in the division. And then I would be very interested to see uh, McKee in that fight because I think he presents with the length and that uh, just with his creativity, I think he presents kind of a that that the only thing that I've really seen Pitbull slip up on is kind of a longer, lanky fighter like that. Um, so that'd be interesting to see. Cool. Well, yeah, that that would be. I'm I'm interested in seeing as you are who they match him up with next. I also know Darion Caldwell fought his last fight at 145 and has his eye on becoming a two division uh, champ. So th- there there's some options and things out there, and and of them, I think Caldwell will be the the front runner just because he's a a champ already, and outside of that slip up with Baby Joe Tamanglo. Uh, hasn't lost a fight. All right, true, and was winning that fight before yeah, he slipped until up he too. Did that, yeah, pretty pretty clearly. So, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, share with the people. I, I'll start off uh, with the MTMV Sports socials because that is the platform that drives aftermath. Is MTMV Sports? You can follow us on. Instagram as well as on Twitter like our Facebook page Uh, it's really important to do that whenever there is a pay-per-view or a DAZN MMA card because your man The Voice provides live video commentary of those events and then also if you just want to follow me uh, you'll get some MMA stuff I do most of that via um, via MTMV Sports so you'll get a little bit of MMA and you'll get a bit about uh, my other loves, which is Jesus and my family on uh, my feeds. And I am the voice on everything. T-H-A-V-O-Y-Z-E. Josh, share with them about Ambush Sports and all things bearded in the month of (laughs) Movember. There you go. Um, Yeah, we got AmbushSportsNetwork.com. Um, it has taken a small back seat for the time being, and I take full responsibility for that. Um, but I am going to start kicking some stuff back off pretty regularly. I'm talking to my group of writers, um, and we're going to start pushing out some more content. But you can actually go to our website at ambushsportsnetwork.com. Uh, I try to do, for every fight, I try to do a breakdown and pre- uh, a preview and prediction, sorry, um, for the fights. Uh, which is basically for you're the main card where I'll give you a preview of the fighters, especially if you don't know who they are. There's someone relatively new or somebody that hasn't fought in a while. Um, you can kind of get a read up there. And then my predictions for said fights, uh, we have baseball, football, uh, particular fantasy football. Particularly the, um, the matter Vikings. Fact, <laughs> yeah, definitely the Vikings. <laughs> That's actually a team I'm going to start covering. Um, I, I know for a fact next year it's going to have a, a dedicated team uh, page. But absolutely, um, 
MTMV just actually interviewed one of the guys that I talk to very regularly, and he's one of my Twitter pals, and that's uh, Zach Petral, if I said that correctly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm even in talks with him about potentially getting some stuff done and just discussing stuff with him. So a lot of my articles, a lot of my feedback, uh, I bounce off of him. Um, he writes for a couple of really good companies, in particular FF Dynasty 260, uh, has his own radio show, stuff like that. Uh, but you can follow that Ambush Sports on Twitter as well, just at Ambush Sports. And you can follow me personally, which is really where I tweet everything, and that's football, um, college football in particular, especially the Georgia Bulldogs, who just won 66 to who cares what the other score was, 20. Uh, <laughs> um, so if you like college football, I definitely talk college football. I'm a big Vikings fan. Um, and of course, MMA. So uh, you can follow me at, at Bearded Moose, and that is Moose with two zeros. That's M zero zero S E. Nice. All right. Well, this has been Aftermath, the week that was in MMA. Of course, uh, produced and, and hosted by MTMV Sports. So, sports fans, rejoice. My team, my voice. And until. The horn sounds. Fight the good fight. 